1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Brian McFadden, man, this guy has got a great resume. This is a talented dude who we're going to get to talk to right now. He is the co-host of the All Things Covered podcast, which is outstanding. He's not a one-time, not one of these wannabe Super Bowl, one-time Super Bowl champions. The guy won it twice. He's got to figure out where to put two rings. The safe, I guess? I don't know. We'll ask him. Um, CBS Sports HQ NFL analyst, expert, guru, and an all-around great dude. Uh, Mr. McFadden, good morning. Where do you put your your, uh, Super Bowl rings? In the safe?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I usually have them in a, in a nice, safe place. Uh, usually I look at them once a year, and it's always around Super Bowl time. But I was so busy, I didn't even get a chance to pull them out this year for the Super Bowl.
2: Let me. Ask, can we do some real talk? Can I hear you just a couple of real talk things here? I want to do it. I'm going to get candy with you. I got a buddy who won. A, he, he didn't play, but he was in a front office for a championship team. I won't say what sport. I don't want him to get jumped. And we go out and we drink sometimes when he's in L.A. And four times, Bryant. Four times we've like gone to dive bars together, and he shows up with his championship ring, and it's huge, and he's flat, and he's passing it around the bar to girls and like their boyfriend. Is this a good idea? Because I'm always like, bro, I don't, I don't
3: want to, I don't think you should have this here at the bar in Venice. I mean, there's a pros and cons to that. Clearly, you talk about uh, the pros that brings a lot of attention to himself. Um, clearly, the girls might be more uh, in tune to. Talk to him, exchange numbers, and of course, you know, you talk about the cons. Hey, somebody might want to take you, knock you across the head, and take it.
2: Yeah, that, when you say it that way, I understand his risk reward ratio. It's working. He hasn't been knocked across the head, but he has gotten some numbers. Brian McFadden on the show. Here's real talk number two. You can respond to this however you want. When I worked at FS1, Fox Sports One, in that green room, and that green room would have Randy Moss, Donovan McNabb, Andy Roddick. Who am I forgetting? E from Salam. I love E, but probably not the same sort of level of 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 fame. I'm trying to think who else was in that. At, oh, Gary Payton, the the battle for people to be the alpha was fascinating, Brian McFadden, right? Just, like, all these, like, A-types. And I gotta t- I'm not around you that much in person. And whenever I show up to NFL stuff for CBS Sports HQ, it's the same thing. Different level. I'm not saying Pete Prisco's not Gary Payton, but I'm also saying Pete Prisco's probably not Gary You were, dude, you were the stone-cold alpha the whole time in that outdoor green room. But you're really nice about it.
3: I mean, one thing I've always been taught at an early age from my mom was exercising humility, you know what I mean? And just being extremely Mm. cool and and, and treating people how you want to be treated. That goes a long way. Um, Sometimes Mm. when you talk about individuals, Mm. they're ego driven. Sometimes they allow their ego to kind of control how they handle situations or people around them. And I try to be just level-headed and just one of the guys by any means necessary. Um, I've had a pretty good career, not a Hall of Fame-like career like like some of the guys you've mentioned, but I always try to act as, act as though I never did anything, you know what I mean, outside of just being successful in my own right and putting the smiles on my family's face.
2: Oh, look, you don't have to respond to this. I'm just going to tell the audience, and Randy Moss was nice to me. Randy Moss was an alpha. Had a very different approach to Brian McFadden being an alpha, who was very. Randy wasn't always as friendly. I'm just wasn't Brian McFadden, uh, incredibly, incredibly good dude. The uh, the co-host of the All Things Covered podcast. All right, let's get to the football. Is, is Carson Wentz's career over? Is, is that an over? Is that an oversimplification or, or, or an exaggeration on the news, Bryant, that the guy's been cut from yet another football team?
3: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's over. Now I'll say this, Bill. If he has any aspirations in trying to be a starting quarterback this year and that's his only initiative in trying to play, then, yes, it will be over. No one is bringing Carson Wentz in to be a starting quarterback by any means necessary this year. Hey, I don't think no one would bring Carson Wentz into a situation where they say, well, heck, it can be a competition. Because clearly he has really shown that he is not – starter capable for a full season so to answer your question if he's willing to humble himself down to say you know what i i don't mind coming to a team to be a backup to be a serviceable guy when need be no i think there will be a nice market for him as a backup quarterback
2: brian mcfadden here on the show brian we were discussing the latest i don't i don't know if you've even seen this but the latest drama involving dan snyder and the commander's it just involves allegations of, of, of wrongdoing and allegations of, of various things. I, I want to ask you a qu and we have Clark Hunt coming on the show tomorrow who I've known for a long time, who I think is an excellent owner. So I'm not taking shots at NFL owners. Like like every other group of people it varies. In a more general sense, does what happen at what what happens at an ownership level in the NFL can it for better or worse, can it does it affect the actual players in that locker room and the play on the field?
3: No, not really. Not really. A lot of the times what happens in regards to the front office and ownership, the only way players basically hear about that is through media. So in regards to, you know, some of the things that are taking place with the commanders, I mean, if you're a free agent and if they're offering you the most money, usually that's where you go. Regardless of what is going on in regards to not knowing the direction ownership will go, who will be involved in that process. Players go to situations that provide the most in regards to compensation and of course when it comes to fitting what they do best as a player so now a lot of players don't care they i'm not saying they don't care about what's going on but it doesn't really play that big of a part as many people believe in regards to attracting big-time free agents to those said organizations
2: brian mcfadden here on the show where do you think aaron Rodgers should decide to play football next season
3: that's a great question bill uh if you're Aaron Rodgers, do you want to go back to Green Bay and run it back? Or do you take a chance and, and 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 go elsewhere? I think best situation for him to get closer to a championship would be going to the Jets. Now, that division is a little more competitive than what is going on in the black and blue division in, in the NFC North. But I think they have a roster that's ready to win right now. The missing piece for them for such a long time has been stability at the quarterback position. And if he's able to do that and ride off into the sunset, he puts a stamp on an outstanding Hall of Fame career. Brian
2: McFadden, if you had to guess, and I know we don't know, but best guess that Aaron Rodgers next season would be a what? Top three, top five, top ten? How good a quarterback do you think it's realistic to believe he still is this upcoming season, wherever he is?
3: I will say easily a top ten guy. Now that's not solely about Aaron Rodgers as an individual, Bill. That also has to play a big part in what is surrounding him. You know what I mean? In regards to the offensive identity, the skill players, you know, the protect protection, things like that, because Aaron Rodgers is a high level individual as a quarterback, but that can only go so far if guys around him they're not meeting that same level of, of 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 intensity as well. But easily I'll say Bot the worst case scenario top ten.
2: All right, Brian. So, so I'm sure when you were playing in the in, in the league and when you were with the Steelers, you had irrational fans who meant well, but irrational. That is me with the Bears. Okay, I'm a Bears fan. I also hate the Bears. So it's a real complicated relationship. I just want to give you the context of the question, just so you know where I'm at emotionally. The Bears have the number one pick in the draft. They also have Justin Fields. What is the right move for Chicago? as it relates to using that pick to get a quarterback or sticking with Justin Fields or whatever they should do given the myriad options with their
3: situation? First and foremost, stick with Justin Fields does not make any sense to entertain bringing in a new quarterback to put behind a bad, below-average offensive line, and who knows what that quarterback can do in regards to growing and development in that situation. One thing we do know with Justin Fields, he can make sweet tea without sugar, based on what he did last year. That offensive line was atrocious, but he still made things competitive based on his skill set and his athleticism. A lot of these young quarterbacks, they're not as athletic as Justin Fields, and they don't have the ability to be a runner like he's shown this past year. So stick with Justin Fields. The second question, trade out. We're already hearing people are entertaining what will it take to get to the number one spot. That's what you need to do for Chicago. Trade out, get more picks. You've got a lot of money to play with. Not Monopoly money. Real money, Bill, where you can actually buy real things. That's the situation for Chicago, as you know personally, because you're a fan of the Bears. So trade out of the number one spot. You don't need a quarterback. You have your quarterback moving forward. Continue to add pieces around him. Improve the defense. Make big-time splashes in the offseason with all the money you have. And then get prepared to play
2: football. B-Mac, you just blew my mind. My producer, Tom, saw it. Sweet tea, making sweet tea without sugar is one I've never heard. It's one of my favorite expressions, and I just heard it for the first time.
3: Yeah, and think about how what type of miracle worker you have to be yeah. to make sweet tea with no sugar. That's what Justin Fields did last year. That was line. You, you know how bad the offensive line was last year. Are you from the South, or is that just you? Just like of like sweet tea. Of you are I'm okay. From the South.
2: So I'm not, but I moved to Little Rock, Arkansas out of college to work in a newspaper, and the first time I had sweet tea, you would think rainbows were shooting out of my brain. I couldn't get my mind around it.
3: <laughs> it changed your it? life,
2: right? <laughs> and now I'm up north. I'm like, do you have sweet tea? They're like, do you want sugar? To-? I'm like, get out of here. you got to cook it in the tea. Get out of here. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, di- I'm digressing. Brian uh, McFadden here, here on the show. Uh, BMAC, if you were going to to look at the AFC picture over outside of the Chiefs, over, let's say, a three- or four-year timeline. Outside of Kansas City, who's the biggest threat going forward over the next three or four years in the AFC? That's
3: a good question. Outside of the Chiefs, the biggest threat in the AFC? Yeah, to them. Cincinnati. To Kansas City, I suppose. Cincinnati. Really? Cincinnati. Uh, number one, they got a quarterback. They got a quarterback who we all love. If you don't like Cincinnati, you love Joe Burrow because he's a he, he, he's a guy that can go get it. Number two... They got offensive weapons around Joe Burrow. Number three, hopefully the offensive line can stay healthy, healthier than what they did this year, which will help Joe Burrow. And they will continue to add pieces to the puzzle on the defensive side. So I think, and they're not afraid of the Alpha Dog and the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not afraid of Buffalo. You know what I mean? They play with that same mantra, that same attitude week in and week out. So I would say Cincinnati. I, lo- I love that answer. And I-, I love the idea of watching Burrow
2: and Mahomes' battle for, for, for several years. All right, let's um let's close here, Bryant. I, and I'm not taking shots at, at Bryce Young or any of the other. I mean, it's a pretty—there's a lot of quarterbacks people like. But what maybe is something that the casual fan or radio host doesn't understand about the difficulty of transitioning from great quarterback at the college level where a lot's expected— to actually succeeding in the NFL, at that position, given, and not to pick on people, but Marcus Mariota's in the news, and you think about Jameis Winston, and you think about Carson Wentz, and you just, you go down, obviously a lot of guys, Mitchell Trubisky, don't succeed. What are some of the obstacles maybe those of us that didn't play the game don't understand about trying to go from successful college quarterback to successful NFL quarterback?
3: Um, the difference in talking about being able to be a dominant collegiate quarterback and then making that transition to the NFL Number one, you come in with high expectations, regardless of what team drafts you and how high they draft you. You're coming into a situation where instantly the fan base believes you should turn around the direction of the program, right? Which is going to take time, but that's instant pressure. But I think we should all understand there's a privilege in having pressure. You know what I mean? That, that's a privilege. Pressure is a privilege. Number two, sustainability, being consistent that is one thing that hurts a lot of young quarterbacks. They might look like a guy that can lead your franchise one week and the next week you don't even know who that guy is based on what he's looking like. So if you can find a way to ha- bring a guy in that can handle that type of pressure and find a sense of consistency, then you've got a guy that you you can grow with. You know, like Joe Burrow, you know what I mean? A young quarterback showing consistency. Jalen Hurst this past year, Pat Mahomes, you know, Josh Allen. These are guys that are young they have shown a consistency in regards to their individual skill sets, and they are able to win ball games. You know, I, you, as you mentioned, uh, when well, you just listened to me, Bill, one name that I didn't throw into that, in that category is Justin Herbert. Because individually speaking, he has shown consistency to give you numbers, but for some reason he hasn't hit that winning stride yet. that we all believe he should be hitting based on his talent. So th- that's a high expectation. And also, too, a lot of fans don't realize how difficult it is in the National Football League, how superior the talent is compared to what they see on Saturday. You can talk about the SEC football. That has nothing to do with the lowest tier of football in the National Football League at all. You're playing against the best in the world. And you don't care what the record is for that team, how bad that record is. Those players are considered the best in the world in what they do. And you don't get a chance to see that type of talent week in and week out like you do in the National Football League. So, and my last thing in regards to quarterbacks, a quarterback will only be as good as the situation that you put them in. That's something that that hurt a lot of young quarterbacks. They go into bad situations and they don't really improve. Most quarterbacks are not like Lamar Jackson, where they can do a lot with less. You know what I mean? So, find a way to add talent to the pieces, to the puzzle, year in and year out, and hopefully you find the right guy.
2: I don't want you to reach into a guy's pocket. So I understand, like, look, I want everyone in my business to make all the money they can. But in a practical sense, right, if you are the Ravens and you got to go about the business of, of building a winning football team, are Lamar Jackson's expectations, demands reasonable for, for where he wants to be paid?
3: Well, I've been hearing two things. I've been hearing two conflicting stories. He won a full, uh, fully uh, guaranteed contract, and the other issue was that he wants more guaranteed money than Kyler Murray and, and, and Russell Wilson re- uh, just received. I don't know. But me personally, he should have been paid already. He should have been paid already. He should have been paid before Deshaun Watson got paid, in my opinion. So the Ravens put themselves in this position because they were just sitting on paying their franchise quarterback. The man won an MVP in year two. Brought you to the playoffs multiple times, no proven number one wide receiver, right? But yet and still still giving you numbers. The fans love him. They love him in the community. He does everything you want your quarterback to do plus more. A good guy. So there's the situation they're currently in is because of them not paying him when they should have paid him. So whatever he's asking for now, so be it. because if you remove Lamar Jackson from that team, what do you have, Bill? The Bears. No, no, no! You don't even have the Bears. You probably have the Houston Texans. That yeah, the trajectory think... for the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields is going a different direction. If you talk about the trajectory with Fair. Baltimore yeah. without Lamar Jackson, well, he's got the leverage. Then I mean, good. You know what?
2: Like again, I mean, for everyone in the world, get what you, I, I, I want. Everyone to be as successful as they can. Uh, Brian McFadden is a two-time Super Bowl champion. The the All Things Covered podcast is so good. He co-hosted. It. It's so good. Find it. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All Things Covered podcast. And he he often graciously jumps on this radio show and other shows here on CBS Sports Radio. BMAC, uh, dude, I love having you on, man. I know I know life gets busy. Thanks for for carving out some time.
3: Uh, thank you, Bill. Anytime. And next time, I know you know I'm a Laker fan, and unfortunately LeBron got a foot issue. It's over. Uh, dude. But next time you have me on, hopefully we solidify the spot. At least for the play in, so we can talk about that. You know, I'm a big time basketball fan.
2: I think, by the, that's right. So when you get to LA, you let me know because I got, I've got a, a hookup. I haven't dipped into it. I think we had this talk once. I've got, not often, but maybe three times I've sat courtside with, with a buddy who's got tickets. So so it sort of depends on the schedule. But when you're in LA, hit me up and we'll see. Yes, sir.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?